Meteorologist and author. Roy tells us how he took a homework assignment for college and turned it into a book. I was not a writer as a young kid or, you know, even as a high school kid. And it, it kind of actually happened by accident. My mind was always on science and learning and, and, and later in life moved on to, I guess, entrepreneurship. I went back to school. I wasn't able to finish. You know, I talk about that in my uh, most recent book. Uh, There's a lot of factors why I couldn't finish. Part of it was that I was paying out of state tuition and I had gotten an ROTC scholarship and I, I didn't want to be in the military. So I, uh, my plan was to take the first year and then after that, they give you an opportunity to to leave, no strings attached after a year. So that's what I did. I took the took the year to get out here to Hawaii. Um, that's how I paid for it. And then I got loans after that. But the problem was, yeah, I'm paying out of state tuition. They doubled the tuition, and I didn't really look hard enough, and I really didn't have a good of enough, I guess, network to kind of point me into some options that I had to finish. And so I took about a decade off from school. And so even though I started early, even though I graduated a year early, I didn't actually finish my first degree until I was 30. So I went back to school when I was 30. And at that time, I was working full time. I, you know, I was married with two kids, you know, my daughter and then stepson. And so I started working and going to school full time. And I had a plan. My plan was to teach, to teach science. You know, I would prefer to have been a, a to study meteorology, but I didn't think that that was doable based on my schedule for the classes that I needed to take. And then ironically, eventually I was able to actually do that for a while. But I went back to school and for a time I was working on multiple degrees concurrently. And when I was working on my fourth degree, um, I had to take a class and we were required to write a paper, a creative paper. It didn't have to be fiction, but it had to be descriptive. That paper was called Everville. And we had to share that paper with other people in the class. That class was an online class. And one of the students had commented that she wanted to read a whole book about Everville. (laughs) And so that kind of put the idea in my head. And I just thought to myself, I can do that. I mean, it, it, it wasn't so much of I didn't know if anyone would buy it. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know if it would be any good, but I knew that I could write the book. And so that kind of put the, the seed in my head. And then over like the next, I guess, year and a half, I kind of picked at it every once in a while. And I guess it was about a three page paper turned into maybe three chapters. I had about 30 pages at the time. And then I think it was the second ele- election of the Obama election. I remember I had picked up I was watching something on the news, and it just really irritated me, and I was getting frustrated at all of the, I guess just on both sides, just the, the anger, and I just kind of got sick of it, and I wanted to withdraw from kind of like the whole news kind of cycle. So I pulled away and, and you know, got myself out of um, what I, my, my normal routine, and then I had these 30 pages that I had, and so 
I looked online and I found this book by John Locke about how he had published five million ebooks or something like that, you know, in five months or something. So I read the book in a single day. I mean, like in five hours, I got really excited. It was a short book. And that day that I decided that I was going to finish it. So on that day, I think I signed up for Twitter, uh, set up my website, and then I hired a cover artist, even though I didn't have a book finished yet. Nice. Then I just said, okay, I'm going to publish the book. I guess about two months later, the, the my first book was published. And then that, that kind of just snowballed. And um, so that kind of takes us to where we are. Yeah, I think that's a good tactic is to invest something to make a cover of what you're still in progress and creating because it creates a, a form of intent and an investment on your half behalf. And then there's that dynamic, I, I don't quite have it right, but it's something about when you invest in something, you fear losing it. So you just, even though the, the cost is great to finish the book beyond what you had to pay for the cover, it's you, you would still do it just because you don't want to lose that uh, smaller investment that you made. Yeah, and then you have the public accountability too, which I think is equally as powerful. Right. And also, you have something to show early on to start uh, building a platform around or telling people about the book. So you created a sense of anticipation by having the cover. Right. Yeah, I definitely did that. Nice. <laughs> Why don't we talk a bit about the regenerative system? I mean, I think it's gotten better and it's, you know, it's honestly, I still think it's in its formative stages. And the last two years have really helped me hone in on that system. When I first started, I think I was very ad hoc at my approach. I was really motivated. And so I was very aggressive um, and I, I just, you know, powered through things with brute force, both in my marketing and in my writing. So I tended to be a, uh, a marathon writer. And I think, you know, that has worked at times and it hasn't worked at others. I think as a teacher, it was very helpful at times because during my uh, breaks, my big breaks, I was able to do a lot of writing. I had gotten a, a bit stuck. I had kind of a, a crisis with my divorce and I had some issues with my daughter and that really kind of put me in a funk and so I, I didn't really write much for about a year I guess around 2014 or so I just couldn't get into the mood to write I just had a lot of things going on and I kept saying the next day I was going to write and write and it's kind of a block because I mean, it wasn't a writer's block it was a, a, a motivation block it was um, a desire block I just had to get out of that funk and I had as a teacher we have to create kind of like an action plan for ourselves, and so I got the idea to make an action plan for my own personal life and so that's kind of what led me down my most recent track one of them was to quit alcohol one of them was to lose 15 pounds and uh, so I made a few changes and over the course of the next 44 weeks I lost 44 pounds Wow gave up alcohol and then I started being a little bit more deliberate with my writing schedule. And I started listening and reading a lot more. You know, I had a lot of positive things happen during that time. And so eventually I decided I wanted to share a lot of the strategies that I used and how it worked. And so that's why I decided to write uh, Think Smart, Not Hard. Think Smart, Not Hard. 52 Key Principles to Success and Happiness. This is available on Amazon. 
But I have to say, you know, probably one of the biggest things that had an impact was I had read Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, uh, and he had this routine and strategy that he did, you know, every single morning. And so I decided to adopt that strategy. And so over the last year, two years, three years, I've, I've continued to refine that for me. It's gone through different iterations. Um, but I can say right now what my strategy is, is I, I go to bed early. I try to get to bed somewhere between eight to nine, closer to eight if possible, so I can get eight hours of sleep. But seven to eight is usually what I get. And then I'll get up at four o'clock. And then for the first two hours, I have two main things that I'm doing. One of them is studying Japanese and the other one is writing. So I, I tend to get a, at least a couple of pages written every single morning. And then more recently, I've added in a couple of months ago, outlining before I start writing. <laughs> Because uh, I'm kind of a, a pantser, you know, see if your pants kind of writer. And so sometimes that if you're sitting there and you, you have, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to work with, you know, nothing's coming. And so having a little bit of an outline can tend to help. So I've started to add that outlining before, uh, which was very helpful. So I do about 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes of outlining. Uh, then I'll write for usually half an hour, 20 to 45 minutes, just depending. Usually I want to get at least two pages done. And then I'll usually study Japanese for about an hour. And then I will do a little bit of exercises, maybe five minutes, 10 minutes. And then I'll do some Twitter marketing, maybe five, 10 minutes. But my non-negotiables are essentially the writing and the studying the Japanese. And I try to make the physical stuff, non-negotiable too, but occasionally that falls by the wayside. But, you know, five out of six times, I'm, I'm there. Bottom line I'm hearing is there's a, uh, you're using discipline and willpower to create a process and you're sticking to it mostly. You know, I know we all of us <laughs> have weaknesses, but if you're mostly there, then that's probably good enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's less willpower and more routine and habit. You know, mm. I mean, there I, there is this kind of struggle or, or clash between willpower and habit. And I think habit will trump willpower any given day. It's just the way that our brains are wired. So that's what I've been really focused on is creating a habit so that it's harder not to do something than it is to do it. And so the longer I can keep that string going, then it easier it is for my body just to fall into that normal routine and get things done. And recently, I mean, very recently, like the last couple of weeks, I want to be more productive and deliberate even more so than I am now. So I've tried to add in a miracle afternoon <laughs> Because, you know, after I get home from school, I tend to be, my brain is fried a lot, you know, and I'm just like, oh, um, and I'm tired. It's the end of the day. I've been up since four o'clock. So usually I've been up for 12 hours and I only have another four hours left, but I want to make use of that time. You know, of course, I want to spend time with my wife, talk with her, but I want to get some deliberate stuff done and to move the ball uh, forward on where I want to go. A lot of that has to, more to do in the afternoon, I guess more would be with marketing and editing, but also to kind of like outlining and get some general ideas about what I want to write about later. I've recently started to add that in, um, but just in a very small way, you know, and to do that so that it'll be consistent and that it will be sustainable so that I can continue to make progress, even if it's just a little bit of progress towards my end goal and my writing. However you found sci-fi thoughts, be it iTunes, Stitcher, or any of the other podcast aggregation services. If you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and do us a favor. Go to wherever you get this podcast and leave us a review. Even clicking a few stars. And this will help out the show in many ways. 
Next episode, we hear more from Roy Huff. And this last book is really, um, I guess, mainly because I've been a lot more in my head. Because I've read a lot more about writing. I know a lot more about writing. And so a lot of people think it gets easier you know, as you write more. And in some ways it does, but in some ways it gets a lot harder.